I thank God for this opportunity. Second Kings, the fifth chapter and the 11th verse and the 12th verse. And if you don't mind, out of respect for the word, if you will stand, we're going to read the 11th and the 12th verse. And it reads, but Naaman was wroth. Everybody say wroth. And went away and went away. Let's read it together, shall we? On the count of three. One, two, three. But Naaman was wroth and went away and said, Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. And are not Abana and Farpar rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel. Way I wash in them and be clean. So he turned, everybody say turned, and went away in rage. Just for a few minutes as you take your seat, you don't know what I'm talking about, but if you would just encourage your neighbor like you think you do, tell your neighbor the door is still open. The door is still open. The door is still open. A few of you know that I am a proud University of Oregon graduate. And you know that I am an avid fan of college football. If you are a lover of college football or you watch it or uh, you um, follow the season, you might know that last week the Oregon Ducks took a trip. Somebody said they got beat. See, that's where I'm going this morning. Took a trip down to Texas to play Auburn University. Now, it wasn't our first meeting, uh, but it was an important one because it marked the beginning of the football season. And uh, those of us on the Oregon Duck side, we were excited. We have been waiting patiently all summer to get our hands on one of those SEC teams. This one in particular, and we had a game plan ready. How many of you watched the game? Just so I know, I, so I hear, okay, a couple of y'all know exactly where I'm going. The game was good. I mean, it was good, it was going well. The team, the Oregon Ducks, they led all through the game. When I say all through the game, I mean all through the game. I mean all through the game. I mean, all through the game. Like, Missionary McKnight, when I tell you it was all through the game, it was all through the game. And, uh, round about 90 seconds left. Uh, just at that time, somebody said, okay, that's, that's a perspective, that's a narrative. 
uh, we decided, we as in the Oregon Ducks, that we were going to surrender the game. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm a, I'm a faithful Oregon Duck, and, and as I watched the game, there were some missed opportunities that I was willing to overlook from the, for the purpose that we were still in the lead, right? And so, but, uh, the game, uh, the, the, the team, in that last 90 seconds would find their way all the way down the field. They score and win 27 to whatever. I don't know the specifics because I have not, uh, I have done everything in my power to avoid discussion around this until today. So this is very, uh, this is exclusive uh, discussion that I'm having with y'all. What was the score? No, don't tell me. It was, it was what? Okay. So Saturday night, I like to do my homework uh, in preparation for the week to come. So I usually uh, go to one of my downtown spots, you know, just one that has a TV, and I watch the game and do my homework and things. And this particular night, it seemed like every place that I normally go, big on the screen was all the missed opportunities of my Oregon Ducks. I mean, so I left one place. Brother Gian, I was, I was really excited about having that peanut butter milkshake down at the burgers and situation. And, and I got there and I sat down and like, it was like they knew I was coming. On the big screen, it said, Bo Nix the Ducks. Bo Nix was, I guess, their quarterback or whoever. So I had to leave there. <laughs> I'm just telling y'all the truth. Went to the next place. This particular reel decided that they were going to show all the missed opportunities that the Ducks had to win the game. Needless to say, I had to go. It had gotten to the point, and I'm going somewhere, follow me. It had gotten to the point where I just decided that I was just going to go home and go to bed. Because I could not escape the fact that my team has so many missed opportunities and it, I just, it seemed like it was following me. And I began to really think about that thing. I thought to myself, some t somebody says self. <laughs> Y'all better help me preach. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I said self. <laughs> It's a whole lot of folk like you, just like you, who have been faced with disappointment and missed opportunities. And because of those disappointing activities, maybe it was a football game, Elder McKnight, maybe it was some team in Oklahoma, I don't know. I need a friend, and I know I got one in you. The, 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 no, they're they doing good. He's he all right. I'm talking about last season. <laughs> it, it, huh? He ain't all right. But <laughs> it, it, it occurred to me that sometimes disappointment and missed opportunities can cripple us. Right? It, it, it really didn't occur to me until the middle of the week when the homework that I would have done that night, I didn't do. And I started thinking about this. Now, God, what, usually by about 
Monday night, I'm good, right? Like somebody has said, somebody with the worst team has said uh, something crazy, and then I have been reminded that there's another week and that we're going to win some more games and so I'm over it. But this week, I was just struggling with all those missed opportunities, and it crippled me. And, 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 and I begin to think about how uh, sometimes in life, we can be so impacted by mistakes and by opportunities that we miss that it can just almost take us out of here. You, 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 we, there are people who, who, who are not um, dead in the person but they're so lifeless because they are, are, are impacted by the fact that they made a mistake one day that they just can't get over. It, 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 it's interesting to me because I was thinking about regret and the impact of regret. Imagine the disappointment of the owner of Blockbuster movies. Spot. You know the spot where you used to go get your videos and all the time? Well, in 2000, they were invited by a very, very, very small company called Netflix to buy their company. And they said, nah, that we don't, we, we're good. Like, the folks coming in and getting these VHSs, and like, now we got a whole DVD section and a Blu-ray section. We do not need to deal with no online streaming company. Imagine if you were the CEO and the president of Blockbuster that day. You ain't got no job today. <laughs> Miss opportunity. Imagine the disappointment. How many of y'all used to have a MySpace account? Some of y'all know what MySpace was? Imagine the disappointment when uh, the uh, president and CEO uh, of MySpace got a call um, from somebody uh, by the name of Mark Zuckerberg uh, asking if he was interested in this little website called Facebook. And, and he said, nah, we, MySpace is good. Like, now you can upload music and put your little rock band in there. We don't need no Facebook. Where is MySpace? Missed opportunities. Imagine what it would be like to know that you were the first publisher that got a call from J.K. Rowling asked if you would be interested in publishing a little book called Harry Potter. That's a real person. And you said no. Missed opportunities. I want you to take a second to think about some missed opportunities in your life. Things that you wish that you could have done. Maybe you uh, came in contact with your ex from 10 years ago and she's still bad and you are not. <laughs> y'all, y'all following me? I looked uh, at a website that's very foreign to me but might not be foreign to you called AARP.com. Uh, uh, Somebody said a hit dog will holler. 
The AARP asked 1,050-year-olds what they most regretted in life. I'm not going to read you all 50, but I want to just run through a few of them. Folks said they most regretted not traveling more. They regretted not being as adventurous, not going on vacation, not saving money, ending relationships with people that they loved. They regretted holding grudges long after they needed to, not trying to land their dream job, worrying about folks' opinions, quitting school and never going back getting a divorce prematurely, not being more romantic, not spending enough time with their children, setting aside their dreams for others, not getting to know people the way that they should, not being spontaneous, Ignoring personal happiness, not leaving a legacy. Things that people over 50 said they regretted. Missed opportunities. Missed opportunities. I wish I would have, but I didn't. Missed opportunities, missed opportunities. What do we do with missed opportunities? What do you do with the regret that you have been living with? What decision can you make today based on the fact that maybe some of the things that I read are on your list. Maybe you were not as bold as missionary Shea Tasinga to quit your job and start a new one. And you reflect on that because you had this passion, this idea, and you didn't move forward. One of Satan's tricks, missionary, is that he will tell you that it's too late. You are over the age. You are too young. You don't have the resources, the money, the family support. Nobody knows you. You're not from the right family. What do you do with the regret that you have when the opportunity presents itself to seize those opportunities and it seems like you don't have what you need to do it? You might know Naaman, the character in our text today, but I want to do some work this morning explaining to you a little bit about Naaman. Naaman is the captain of the Syrian guard. In other words, he is a war hero, and he is the right-hand man of king of Syria. He's got money, He's got fame, he's got influence, he's got all the things that 
you think would make a person comfortable? He's comfortable. He's comfortable. In addition to the money and the people and the influence, he has leprosy. In other words, he's sick. Leprosy is a disease that cripples your entire life. First, it has an impact on your bloodstream, which affects your energy. It has an impact on your joints. A lot of internal uh, things that happen in your body when you have leprosy. In addition to that, it fragments your skin so that you look different from other people. Those in the Bible with leprosy were outcasted. You might have remembered the, the lepers in the Bible who, uh, when they were experiencing or, or pursuing healing, they, they, if they were anywhere near other folks that didn't have leprosy, they had to yell out that they were coming. There were only times, certain times in the day that they could go to the market, times when nobody else were there. They were considered to be social outcasts. Yeah. And so we can imagine that Naaman had all kinds of troubles. He had influence, but he had leprosy. He had money, but he had leprosy. He had a few friends and a wife and some children, but he had leprosy. And the Bible says, and one of the, 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 the uh, benefits of being a man of war in this particular time is that when you go into certain places and you siege certain uh, nations, you get to have the, what is called the spoil of the land. So pretty much if you see it and you want it, you can grab it because you have defeated that particular nation. So the Bible says that one of the benefits or one of the outcomes of Naaman's work is that he had some slaves that he had captured from other nations. One slave in particular was a young maiden girl who had been assigned to Naaman's wife, and we're going to call her Mrs. Naaman. Picture in your mind this young slave girl. They must have treated her nice because she was roaming around and making observations about things that she's seen. And one day it, it, it came to her that there was a prophet in Israel who had healed somebody of leprosy. So she goes to Mrs. Naaman and says, Mrs. Naaman, I don't mean uh, any disrespect. I'm just watching and looking and hanging around. And I want to say to you that there is a prophet in Israel who has some experience with healing leprosy. Maybe you ought to encourage your husband to go and check him out. So Mrs. Naaman, she goes back to her husband and she says, husband, the maiden girl that we captured says that she is aware of a prophet who uh, can heal leprosy. And so Naaman does what his position and his influence have required him to do. He goes to the king. And he says to the king of Syria, write me a letter of recommendation so that I can take it down to the king of Israel 
asking him if he wouldn't mind allowing me access to this prophet. So he gets the letter from the king of Syria and he goes down to the king of Israel. And he presents the king of Israel the letter. Now Naaman is a man of war. And so the king, when he receives this letter, he has some misunderstanding about why he is receiving it and the way that he is receiving it. In this particular time, if you got a letter from the captain of the guard, it meant there was about to be a fight. So the Bible says that the king of Israel went out into the city gates and rent his clothes took him off and began to cry. And he said, I don't even know why. Who am I, God? Why in the world would the king of Syria try to start a fight with me talking about heal somebody from leprosy? How am I going to heal somebody from leprosy? So he began to ask these questions of himself in public. And you know church folks talk, don't they? That's a whole nother, whole nother message for another day. But church folks talk. And they heard and they said, man, that king, he done rent his clothes. Somebody go tell the prophet Elisha that the king got a problem. So the prophet Elisha hears and he sends a word back to the king of Israel. Send a leprosy gentleman down to me. Sit him down to me, and I will do what is necessary. Don't worry about it. So the king tells Naaman, go down to Elisha's house. And Elisha is home with whoever he's home with, and uh, Naaman gets there. And Naaman has all these expectations. God's getting ready to heal him. He didn't come all the way from where he didn't come from. And he knows what's about to happen. You ever been in that space of anticipation? Where you have done all the right things, followed all the rules, and you're ready for God to just do something? You came in anticipation, trusting that God wouldn't fail you? Naaman had it all figured out. He gets to the door. I said he gets to the door. He gets to the door. And he waits for Elisha to come out. And out comes somebody that's not Elisha. I said, I've been praying for this and waiting for this and hoping. And, and, and I'm going to say driving, but he hadn't been driving. And I, and, 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 and I get here because I've come to see this prophet that that little maid girl that serves my wife said would be here. And here comes somebody that's not him. And the man that comes to the door says, Naaman, go down to the Jordan River, dip seven times, and you'll be cool. God gonna heal you. And you're good. Right? So we got two kind of people. Right? We got the, okay, cool, I'm down in the river. 
kind of people. And then we got the people like Naaman. And I think that sometimes what we do is we're like, oh, shame on Naaman. Guess what Naaman did? He was like, okay, I done came all the way here. The man won't even come outside. Y'all know how that is. He won't even come out here and talk to me. I'm me, the captain of the Syrian guard. I done come down here with a letter of recommendation from the king. I done went to the king already. He done told me to come over here, and you're going to send somebody else to the door. That's the problem. Okay? Then, to add insult to injury, you're going to tell me to go down to the nastiest river in the... In the, in the God, it, it, you, you, the, the one where folks throw baby diapers and, and, and the one where folks use the bathroom, y'all got to go look at the Jordan River. It wasn't a clean place. And, 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 and so, let me get this straight. So I'm going to go dip myself seven times in a dirty place and then I'm going to be clean. Nah. Nah. And I think sometimes we dehumanize naming because we think to ourselves, oh, if that would have been me, I would have just did what whoever said. But how many of you have had this experience where you have been faithful to God? I, I, I was thinking about Hezekiah. The prophet came to Hezekiah, and Hezekiah was like, you finna die. You, you, your, your, your time is up. And, and Hezekiah, um, he didn't say, oh, Lord, okay, when? The Bible says that Hezekiah got to praying and crying, and the thing that he said was, God, I've been faithful to you. I, I, I did what you told me to do. Like, like, I went where you told me to go. I was faithful to 6 a.m. prayer and noonday prayer and the revival and whatever pastor said do, I did. I've been faithful to you. And, and, and I just tried to put myself in the, in the space of Naaman for, for, for a second because sometimes it feels like folks will have you jumping through hoops to get what you need. And it was like he had gone through so much. Right? And, 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 and you know that feeling, Mother Silva, when you have been praying for everybody else's sickness and then you get sick? You, like, like you've been praying for everybody else's job security and then your job is on the line? Sometimes it's very, very hard to sit in that place where God does not meet the expectation that you have in the way that you have it. Name it, it's like it would have just been, it would have been cool if he would have just came to the door and just laid his hands on me and then I would have been healed, I would have been cool, I would have skipped back to, to Syria and everything would have been, I would have testified about it, I would have said a thank you note, everything would have been cool. And so the Bible says that Naaman leaves the door angry. Because the thing that he came for, the thing that he trusted in God to do, it seems so unreasonable. Have you ever had that? It, just, it, it, it seems so unreasonable. Like some things make sense, but it just doesn't make sense to be uh, a leper and then go and get in dirty water and then be healed after I came all this way. And so sometimes our defeat, like we, 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 we live in defeat because we just say, okay, God, well, you know, like I, I, I did what I could. I pray I did exactly what they told me to do at church. I followed all the directions. I did everything and still I'm not healed. 
Naaman was disappointed with the way that things were turning out. And what he decided to do was just go back and just say, forget it. He was on his way elsewhere. I want you to notice, uh, or I want to bring to your attention the, the use of servants in this particular text. The servant girl who tells uh, 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 the, the wife, Mrs. Naaman, that there is a prophet in Israel who heals. The servant who comes out uh, on the behalf of, uh, of the, the prophet, uh, Elisha, um, who comes to uh, say, uh, here's what you need to do for your healing. There's another. Naaman is in the midst of a pity party. He's the planner of the pity party. He's the host of the pity party. He's decorated it to look as good as he wants it to look. In his mind, he is just, woe is me. I'm unhealed, I'm gonna come this way, and I'm jump through all these hoops, and I'm still not healed. Somebody walking with him listened to him. The Bible says it was a servant. He listened. So the Bible said he was a servant. The Bible said he was a servant. He listens and he listens and he's probably saying now, Naaman, I don't mean no disrespect. You my boss and stuff and I'm rolling with you, wherever you go, I'm finna go, right? Like, you're not gonna have no problem out of me. But I got a question for you. If he would've told you to pay $10,000 for your healing, you would've been like, okay. If he would've told you to go dip in the prettier rivers, you would've been cool. You have leprosy. Have y'all ever had that, that, that talk with folks? They sick and they, and they don't see it? Well, she shouldn't say it to me like that. You're sick! <laughs> you're, 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 you know what I'm saying? But I don't care. They came at me wrong. You have leprosy. I know it ain't the way that you planned, but it's the solution that God offered. How you gonna miss this opportunity? The door is still open. You, you, you mean you gonna turn your back on the possibility of your healing? You gonna turn your back on God because it didn't happen the way that you thought it was gonna happen? This is me tuning up. You, 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 you mean you gonna quit this easy? You, you, let me, I, this might not be for everybody, but somebody who has decided you're on the brink of quitting. You, 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 you done already went through all the steps, you went to all the doctor's appointments, you went to HR, you done done all that and you're thinking about quitting. I'm, I'm that servant. 
that, 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 that Naaman had, who, who stops and says, wait a minute, you, you, you're still sick. You, 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 you can't walk away from the, the door. The door is still open. Here, here's, and, 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 and here's what we got to do when the door is still open. Naaman, just like all of us, has some options, right? Like, you know, I asked earlier, what do you do when, you, when, when disappointment is in your face and you're trying to figure out what to do? Naaman was faced with some options. And he had to decide, hear me out, to turn around. He was not going in the direction of Jordan. And you know why? Because Jordan was uncomfortable to him. Jordan didn't make sense to him. And so he said, I'm not going in the direction of Jordan. If you want to experience the fullness of God, if you want to experience his healing, if you want to experience his salvation, turn around. I know we tell folks to turn around for their miracle, but this is a different turnaround. Turn around because the door. Somebody, somebody just turn around and it'll encourage me if you just turn around. The, the, the opportunity is not lost. God is still healing. God is still saving. God is still turning it around. The door is still open. The, the door is still open. And God's saying, I'm sending this word to turn the body of Christ back in the direction of Jordan. We've got to go where God is healing. We've got to go where God is delivering. We've got to go where God is saving. We've got to go. Just, just tell your neighbor, I know it, did, it didn't feel right, but turn around. I know it upset you, but turn around. Go back. Go back. Don't miss this opportunity. Go back. God is calling you. Go back. Okay. Okay. Right. Sorry. 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 Okay. Y'all sit down. Sit down. Sit down. I'm, I'm almost done. And I just, I just, I. I Listen, 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 the, the, the instructions didn't change, but what we see God doing in the text is demonstrating to the body of Christ that the offer is still on the table. You, 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 you had a bad attitude about it. You talked about it negatively. You had questions in your mind about the, 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 whether you should do it or not. But how many know that God is a God of second chances? Hey, touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, he hasn't changed his mind about you. He hasn't changed his mind about your healing.
but the door is still open. You didn't obey him right away, but the door is still open. You murmured a little bit, but the door is still open. God, go back to Jordan. Hear, hear me out. Don't go back to the prophet and ask for a new way. But go back to Jordan. This might be upsetting to some of y'all, but I got to tell you what the Lord told me to tell you. The instructions from the prophet were to dip yourself. You're, you're, you're not going to have no assistance. There's some things that you're going to do in God alone. You, you, you're not going to have folks. Oh, let, me, let me give you a hand. You got to do some stuff alone. You got to go through some stuff alone. Dip yourself. Dip yourself. In, in, in that water that doesn't make sense, with all that fecal matter and all that nastiness, dip yourself. So Naaman, he, he decides to obey God. And he goes down to the Jordan River. He probably looked at the river and said it's nasty down there. But that's where my healing is. It don't look good. But that's where my deliverance is. I'ma get in there anyway. He got in the water. He dipped one time. He got in the water. And he dipped twice. God heals him, and he comes out of the water, and the story is presumably over. But there's one more part that I really love. He could have went anywhere, back to Syria, wherever he wanted to go. But the Bible says <laughs> that he goes back to the open door. It don't matter if Elisha come out or not. He said these words, now I know that there is a God in Israel. And you know what? You know what? You know what? You know what? 
You know what? God wants to give some of us a now I know experience. But it comes through obedience. You can't let folks scare you about going to the altar. Oh, they're going to think I'm not saved. So what? If you, if you, listen, if you sick, you sick. And, and, and the door is still open. Do, do y'all get what I'm saying? The door is still open. It's still open. Maybe there's somebody here today. You have heard the word. And it has convicted your heart. Because you know that you are not saved in the pardon of your sins. Everybody that's saved ought to be praying right now. Because this is what, this is the period where Satan is really working. Come on, let's bless the Lord for those that are coming. If you are not saved in the pardon of your sin, the door is still open. God wants to save you. God wants to deliver you. He wants to set you free. Today is your day. Today is your day. Today is your day. Today is your day. Naaman had to dip himself. Your act of faith is the same as names if you will come and receive Jesus Christ. You're here and you're not saved. Let's thank God for these that are coming. The door is still open. The door is still open. The door is still open.